Well, good morning, Greenwich. Welcome to the Friday, January 29th edition of the Basement Academy. How have we gotten through January already? Uh, this month seems like it has gone quickly. It was just a little over three weeks ago uh, that uh, the events unfolded at the Capitol, and that was such a shocking uh, event of that day. Uh, and things have unfolded from there. An inauguration a little over a week ago. Uh, and so here we come uh, to the end of the month. We'll finish the month technically on Sunday, I realize, but our last uh, time together. Uh, and then we'll uh, see you in February after this. Uh, God is faithful uh, every day, uh, giving us strength and, and, and hope. And pray that as you uh, take a few moments out of your day to uh, gather here with a virtual community, there are many who uh, listen in, uh, some on podcast, uh, others watching uh, by video, and pray that somehow uh, we might draw strength from being a community of faith who gathers around the scriptures and gathers around the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our morning psalm we have read a number of times uh, on the 29th of the month uh, in these uh, pandemic days, <clears throat> but I really like it, so here it goes again. This is a psalm of David. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Amen. Psalm 29. I hear those echoes uh, or the foreshadowing of the Lord's Prayer about the glory uh, ascribed to the Lord, the glory due his name, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, glorified be your name, honored and lifted up be your name. The Lord is enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Love the way the psalm ends. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And that's my prayer for you, uh, for me, for those of us who are praying the psalms, those of us who are not praying the psalms, the Lord still uh, commits uh, to give strength, a spiritual strength and vitality. May the joy of the Lord be our strength and our peace. Okay, so let's wrap up uh, week 
four of thinking about praying the Psalms, what I call a rule of prayer. Um, I was going to make today's study the final study, but then I thought, you know, let's go to the laboratory. This has been the lecture hall. And so next week, uh, kind of in consultation with my uh, Wednesday uh, discussion group, which you're invited to, uh, you are all invited to join if you wish to. Uh, every Wednesday at three, we discuss the week's uh, studies uh, for about an hour over Zoom. And so we'd love to extend an invitation and send you the link. Um, thinking that it would be helpful to demonstrate how this actually plays out, kind of the ways in which I uh, pray these psalms. And so we'll do that um, for probably the bulk of, of next week each day. But I want a kind of a closing thought on the value of praying the psalms. Um, I think I said at the outset, this is an extended pitch <laughs> to try to get you to pray the Psalms every day. Okay, so I, I've been faithful to that, I think. I'm gonna to try to close the deal. If you're not doing it already, hopefully today we'll, we'll stir some thoughts. Um, uh, Frederick Nietzsche, uh, who is uh, not a Christian, <laughs> a nihilist philosopher of a century ago, a um, little over a century ago, writing kind of about that existential struggle of the human, he, he wrote that the main goal in life is a long obedience, or the, 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 the I forget exactly what the opening was, something like the, 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 the main task of life is a long obedience in the same direction. Now, Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors uh, who, who writes about praying the Psalms, who, who's uh, guided me, uh, and some of you I know are reading uh, his book on the Psalms. Peterson picked up that language and used that as a reflection on a particular set of the Psalms that we'll talk a little bit about next week, uh, the Psalms of Ascent, what I call the Pilgrim Psalms. A long obedience in the same direction. I love that language. I love that phrase. I love that image. So, uh, a long obedience in the same direction is this, this notion of we commit ourselves to a course, a path, a way, and then we submit ourselves to that. So we commit, but then there's a submission to it, and that's the obedience uh, idea. Obedience is where we choose of our own volition, our own will, our own heart, mind, soul, and strength, we choose to submit to someone or something. So the musician submits to the score and to the conductor, to the pace, to the tempo, to the orchestration. And so life is that way. We just don't always think about it. Um, those who work on computers, which is nearly most of us, you're watching this or listening to this probably on some device or screen that has a computer attached to it. You have to do things a certain way. And if you don't do a certain way, then you don't get there. If you don't click this and point that. And, and so obedience is a part of our lives where we submit ourselves to a path 
path, a way, a way of life, a set of ideas, a person, an ideology, okay? Um, and so obedience isn't just the realm of parents and children. A lot of times we think that because that's the primary context in which we hear, or maybe pets. We take them to obedience school, right? To learn to obey. <clears throat> and so the Christian life is a long obedience in the same direction. It's long, it's over time. It's a, it's a path of submission that we yield ourselves unto something larger than ourselves. And it's clearly we're going in this direction. Now, we may, the way I think about this at times, you know, we may be weaving in and out of the road, but we stay within the guardrails. We stay on the path and we keep making progress. And I think of the Psalms this way that I'm now 28, almost 29 years into the long obedience. But it's not an obedience to the Psalms. It's an obedience to the Lord of the Psalms, the maker of heaven and earth, the one whose voice thunders over the mighty waters, the one who sits enthroned over the flood, the one who gives strength to his people and blesses his people with peace. That, so our obedience is not to slavishly do five psalms a day and one chapter of the Proverbs or go to your room without dinner if you don't. It's not that. Please don't ever think of the psalms that way. It's, it's rather a way that the, the praying of the psalms keeps us on this path, keeps us attentive to the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who saves us, the God who accompanies us in this life. But praying the Psalms is a long obedience. I said at the outset, going probably what, you know, three, I guess probably at the end of the first week, a lot of folks struggle at praying the Psalms. You start it and you hit the wall it's hard, and I said it, it'll take you three to six months to acquire the taste for it. So please persevere. Just persevere. Just do it, right? Just keep doing it. Um, but the Psalms help us to do also, the discipline of praying the Psalms, help us to resist quick fixes and easy answers. Our world increasingly, not just the Christian world, but the, the world around us, our culture, our society, lives for the short run. Figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. We've got to figure it out now. We've got to figure it out by tomorrow at the latest. If we haven't figured it out by yesterday, we're, we're lost. No. Life is not that way. But our, our mobility, our technology, where... You know, if, if you get the little buffering circle on your uh, computer when you're trying to download something or on your phone, um, you know, there's kind of a, and I'm, maybe I'm the only one who does that, but maybe not, you know. We're asking for a friend, right? And so our world has a way of disciplining us into a short game, into the short run. And when things don't work out the way we want in the short run, we find ourselves frustrated. But life is about the long obedience in the same direction. Our forebears, our Greenwich forebears, you know, Greenwich has been here a couple hundred years. 
and think of life 200 years ago when Greenwich was a, a young church and they were going down a dirt road to a log cabin for services on Sunday one service in a little log cabin life was different then and so our world shapes us into the quick fix into the easy answer and the Psalms work against that they, they are more like the the tortoise than the hare uh, in Aesop's fable slow and steady wins the race and so the psalm praying the psalms can slow us down and remind us of that which is good and true and beautiful and it keeps us on that path uh, i'm convinced that habits that are formed deeply slowly those are the habits that will last okay um they're the habits that become somewhat almost unconscious or subconscious so i have my fingers have a habit when I take uh, my shoes and put them on my feet, my fingers know what to do. I don't have to tell my fingers what to do. They just tie my shoes. It's kind of like magic. I, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm thinking about something else while my fingers are tying the shoes. And so the, the habit that was formed so long ago as a child that I had to very much think about at the outset, right? Remember that. I mean, we can't really remember learning to tie our shoes. We just know how to tie our shoes. They say it's like, oh, it's like riding a bike. You'll never forget it. That's the idea. There are certain things that get inside of us that we don't think about anymore. We want the Psalms, the praying of the Psalms, and prayer in particular, to become that way. It becomes second nature. But that doesn't happen quickly. And so uh, let me invite you to just join the long obedience in the same direction of, of praying the Psalms. If, if this is the first of the studies you're listening to or watching and, and you don't even know what I'm talking about, you've just tuned in, then you need to go back over the last four weeks and just watch them one at a time. Don't necessarily binge watch. We need to engage practices that slow us down and the Psalms help us to do that. Now, I'm advocating praying the Psalms for life, okay? This is not just a 40-day adventure. This is a 40-year adventure. Now, I know some of us may not have 40 years left. I get that. I'm 60. I probably don't have 40 years left. But I do think about this, and I have talked about this with my family, that when my time comes, all I want y'all to do is just pull out the Psalms and just read them to me. If I'm not able to hold my little book anymore, I want you just to read the Psalms to me and hopefully my lips will move kind of silently as they're being read out loud. I want to be found at the last in prayer, giving thanks to the God who thunders with his voice. Now that's my dream, that's my vision, that's my hope, that's my sense of, of life. I'm not saying, I don't want to impose that upon you, but I want to cast a vision that you're praying the Psalms for life, not just for a short little season, but for life. And I mean that in two senses. Pray the Psalms for as long as you live. 
uh, one of the Psalms, Psalm 104, I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. I will, that notion of singing the songs of Zion, praying the prayers of Zion until I breathe my last, that, that's a vision in that, 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 that's given us in the Psalms itself, okay? So that notion of being a person of prayer for our entire life, that's, so, so I'm offering that to you. But praying the Psalms for life, there's kind of a little double entendre there. Pray the Psalms in order that you might live. We pray the Psalms for life, not only for as long as we live, but we pray the Psalms in order that we might live while we have breath. These Psalms make us come alive. They, they deepen, they extend, they expand, they enlarge, they increase our life, they increase our emotional capacity, our spiritual understanding, our our. our our ability to identify within us emotions and, and to engage those emotions and those experiences with faith and hope and love. Learning to pray our anger, learning to pray our hatred as we talked about last week. That will enlarge your life. It will soften your life. It will You will deepen in your capacity for intimacy and relationship with other humans. You'll be able to face the hard thing, the challenge. These Psalms will help you run to the high tower, to hide under the shelter of his wings, to, to trust in that rod and staff as you're walking through the valley. Because all of that stuff comes to us, right? And so the Psalms, we pray the Psalms in order to live, not just as long as we live, but that we might have life and have it abundantly, to, to quote Jesus from John chapter 10, that these Psalms help us live a fully human life, which is what God wants for us, right? He doesn't want us to live these kind of shrunken, narrow, shallow lives, he wants us to live expansive lives. Our, you have set my feet in a spacious place. That's the Psalms. God sets our feet in a spacious place. He lifts us out of the pit and sets our feet upon a rock. That's Psalm 40. And so, and so this, this, the, the Psalms give these images and this language that will deepen our experience of life so that when we go through a time of political upheaval as we have and are going through in many respects, the Psalms remind us not to put our trust in princes, in mortal men who cannot save. And so the, the Psalms will help us to wean ourselves away from some of the maddening passions, political passions of the day, and we will be more circumspect. We will be a little more um, mature and philosophical about it, which doesn't mean we don't vote, which doesn't mean we don't care, which doesn't mean we don't engage in the political process, in the civic uh, process. But as people of faith, we know that we're about something else. That your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your dominion endures through all generations. That, that this is temporary, what we observe here. What, what we're leaning into is the permanence of the kingdom. So I'm encouraging you and inviting you to consider praying the Psalms for life.
for these are prayers for all seasons. There's 150 prayers, 151 when you consider the Lord's Prayer, right? <laughs> they are prayers for all seasons. Not every psalm, as I expect you've come to experience now, not every psalm is happy. Kind of the springtime or the harvest, those are, those are sometimes the favorite seasons that people give voice to. Love springtime when things are bursting forth and there's flowering and life is exploding, right? Or the fruitfulness and harvest and the colors. And so a lot of people give voice to loving spring and, and fall as their seasons. There are happy, joyful, fruitful, flourishing, uh, leaning in, leaning forward psalms, no question. <clears throat> there are a lot of psalms that are just summer, you know? Sometimes it's heat, sometimes it's work, sometimes it's sweat, sometimes it's endurance. Um, and there are a lot of psalms like that where it's just, I'm at it, I'm engaged, you know, I'm, I'm in life and I'm going to keep living this life, okay? There's work to do, there's, there's battles to be fought uh, and the like. But there are psalms of winter as well, right? There are psalms um, where we cry out. Psalm 88, reading that uh, on, on the 28th and yesterday. The darkness is my closest friend. Oh, thud. That reality of life is hard. There is... Um, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, Psalm 116, earlier this week. And so the Psalms keep us attentive to death, teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, Psalm 90. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall know. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And so there are Psalms for winter as well. Now, why we want to pray the Psalms is we roll through the different seasons of the year and we our, our emotional lives, our relational lives, our physical lives go up and down, fluctuate with the seasons of the year. And so on each day you're going to read maybe a spring, summer, uh, fall, and winter Psalm. You know, there might be one of each, so to speak. But in the practice of them, in the slow and steady wins the race, in the long obedience in the same direction, you may be praying a psalm that isn't your experience right now. You may be in springtime. It might be joyful, life flourishing, life is good. And you're reading or praying a winterish psalm, but winter will come. And so you need to become acquainted with that. And winter is happening for somebody else, right? Somebody else is going through the hard time, the grief, the loss, uh, nearing death. And so that's when you make that psalm a psalm of intercession for someone else. They're not just about our own emotions, but the psalms invite us into an expansive ministry of prayer for others. I'm going to talk about that next week in the laboratory. And so these prayers, as I've shared, are traveling companions. This pilgrimage that we make through life. 
each day of the month, <clears throat> we have five, a, a, a group of five pilgrims who are traveling together. Again, this particular collection or presentation of the Psalms, five Psalms a day, the day of the month, plus 30, plus 30, plus 30, plus 30. Okay, that, that chart that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Those are friends who travel together now. And then each day we, we skip ahead and we join with a new set of five and we are in conversation with those traveling companions, like a small group, like a group of friends who are traveling. And then the next day we, we step over and we travel for a day with another set of friends. And then the next day another set. And so in the course of a month, we have 150 friends that we get to talk with every month. Wow, as we make our journey through this life. Some of us don't have 150 friends that we talk to every month, right? <laughs> Your Psalter gives you 150 friends to talk to. And some are springy and bouncy, and some are kind of dour, and some are just kind of plodding along. Aren't all of our friends have their unique character? So each of these psalms, as it were, again, I realize I'm kind of, again, my praying imagination sees them now almost as a person. There's a friend that sits behind these words. And so these are traveling companions that we then travel with we hear about their life. We, we share the story of their life for a stretch. And then we find, oh yeah, my life's, oh yeah, I had that time also. And then that's the conversation when we find the point of connection with them. And then by next month, when we talk to them again, a whole month has gone by and just a lot happens in 30 days, right? So there's a 30 day interval between each of these Psalms. And so you don't, you talk to them every month, but you only talk to them on one day of the month. I know you can go read your Psalms any day, but this practice for me has become, oh, these are my friends. That's why I say, I love this because I love all 150 of these Psalms. They, they are my friends. And they have been with me through my ups and downs, my ins and outs. They've been with me for 28, 29 years now through those early years of marriage before we even had children and then with children and then um, the, the, those diaper years and the schooling years and now the launching years as our marriage is maturing, as I've said goodbye to my father, as our children have moved out of the home, all of these changes as I started in one church to another church to Greenwich, my, these same friends have been faithful to me to tell me the same story at each bend of the road when I visit them that month. So they're telling me the exact same story of the faithfulness of God, of the, of the, the presence of God, of the glory of God, of the tenderness of God, of my own need, of my brokenness, of my need for daily bread and my need for mercy. Those friends have been faithful to me through all of the ups and downs and changes of nearly 30 years of living. This is why we want to pray the Psalms for life. This is why we want to do them every day. I want somebody that I'm still in conversation with who knows me 
so well that they can remember, <laughs> you know, 25 years ago in some rash youthfulness, and then they can remind me, but it's okay. God is still God. <laughs> I hope that image or that metaphor makes some sense. And ultimately, these prayers that are prayers for all seasons of the year, all seasons of our lives, they keep us grounded in this long, loving story of salvation. They keep telling me the story. They keep telling me the story of God the Creator. They keep telling me the story of God who made covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They keep telling me the story of, of God who showed himself with, to Moses and delivered Moses and the Israelites with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. They tell that story again and again and again. They tell me the story of David. They tell me the story of the kingdom. They tell me the story of the brokenness and the idolatry and injustice of Israel. And they tell me the story in a foreshadowing way because I know the rest of the story of Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about this week. They tell me the story of the God who sent his son to redeem Israel. To cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These psalms point me and, 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 and lead me to Jesus. And so day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, I stay grounded in centered and and, and, and and locked in to this long story, this long salvation story. Despite the presidencies, think of 30, I've been doing this for 28 years, so it's what seven presidential administrations have come and gone. And these have been the same. And they're talking about the God who is the same. All the upheavals, there have been uh, terrorist attacks, there have been wars, there have been national tragedies, there have been personal celebrations, there have all these things that have happened all around us, the economy booming and busting time and again over these last 30 years. And yet, I stay connected to the same story because the story doesn't change. Okay. Well, it's somewhat of a poetic plea, right? Do it. Pray the Psalms. You will not regret it. Next week, we'll lean into the laboratory a little bit. I'm going to take each day of, of that uh, a week. So on, the, on Monday, February 1st, I'll take some of the day one Psalms and just talk about how I pray them, particularly for other people. So, you know, for myself, but also how I pray them for others so that it will move beyond just, oh, I read the psalm, but I still don't know what he means by praying the psalm. And so I hope you'll, you'll tune in next week and, and go deep. All right, let's close with prayer. Oh God, how we thank you for these psalms, but really the psalmists that stand behind them whom we now believe by faith live eternally with you and whom we shall meet one day and we shall laugh and rejoice and how we will thank them for accompanying us on our journey through this life. And so, Father, draw us, draw us, draw us ever closer to yourself, to one another in community and to the Lord Jesus in whose name we pray. 
and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And in his temple all cry glory. May the God who sits enthroned above the flood, the flood of this world, the flood of emotions, the flood of tragedy, may that God keep you, bless you, surround you this day and forevermore. Amen.